You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of this show. And normally I'd be introducing my fellow co-host, the Joe Pritchard, right now. However, we're doing things a little bit differently on this episode of the RWB. Joining us this week as our very special guest is four-time Grey Cup winning quarterback of the Edmonton Elks and Toronto Argonauts, Ricky Ray. So without further ado, we're just going to get right to this interview because it's really fantastic and extensive, goes over his entire career and lots of other stuff about just living the football life. Here it is. Joining us today on the Rouge, White & Blue CFL podcast is former CFL great of the Edmonton Eskimos and Toronto Argonauts, Ricky Bay. Ricky, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, it's good to be on the show and uh, talk a little football. It's been a while since I played, but um, it's always nice to kind of reminisce and, and talk a little bit about football. So I'm excited. Well, yeah, we're all here because we're football fans and it had to start somewhere. Can you tell us maybe your first memories of football and what drew you to the game? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think when I first really got into football was because of my older brother. Um, he was a few years older than me and he started playing pop Warner. And, um, so just watching him at practice and playing in the games, um, I knew I wanted to play pop Warner as well. So I started playing when I was about eight years old, uh, for the peewee team here in Redding, California. And, uh, that year I played, um, I played D line and, uh, tight end. Um, there's an older kid that was quarterback. So I, I was the backup quarterback to him, but. I got most of my playing time as a, as a tight end and a, and a defensive lineman. Um, after that year, uh, the next year, then I started playing quarterback, uh, was a starting quarterback there. And then that's kind of been my position um, from then on. I did play linebacker a little bit and uh, pop Warner as well, but uh, quarterback was where um, I knew I, I was, I was going to be the best chance of playing beyond, beyond Pop Warner and into high school. So that's kind of how it got started for me, just having an older brother who liked football and uh, just following in his footsteps. So, so wait, you're a defensive lineman, you say? How big are you at this point? Not very big at all. <laughs> okay. I'm the okay. Youngest, kid, youngest kid on the team, but, uh, you know, able to move around and avoid some blocks and, uh, and make some tackles. So it was just fun to get out there and play. Um, I don't have a lot of memories of how much um, playing time I had back then, but uh, I'm sure it was probably maybe half a game or something, but um, <laughs> yeah, playing my first position was D-line. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I just wanted to fast forward a little bit here, Ricky. We've got the CFL draft. We've got the NFL draft coming up. I wanted to talk to you about your experience coming up um, in college. Of course, you finished at Sacramento state not necessarily football powerhouse, but you know, it's on the radar of NFL scouts and whatnot. But I assume that you weren't necessarily expecting a drafted high. What were your expectations going into that NFL draft? And um, I mean, did you pay attention to it at all? Did you have any expectations? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't have any expectations. Um, when I finished playing at, at Sac State um, that next spring, um, you know, you, you worked out, I mean, you were ready for whatever scouts would come and, and, you know, put the, the seniors, um, through workouts and other guys local in the area that we're also working on as well. So, um, I remember, you know, working out and getting ready for those, uh, we had, um, kind of a pro day at, at Sac state that spring. And I think there was maybe two NFL scouts there. I think maybe one from the giants and I forget who the other scout was there, but we probably had a, a group of 10 guys, um, you know, some guys that were on my team at Sac State and then a few guys from some of the other area, colleges in the area. They put us through a typical workout, you know, you're running 40 yard dash. And, you know, I threw some routes to some of the receivers and kind of went through that whole process. Um, I mean, there's not much feedback 
from from that. So I have, I have no idea what they thought of me or or how I did. Um, and then it was just basically waiting for the draft to happen. I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. Um, I was hoping that maybe I'd be picked up as a free agent after the draft. And uh, so I, um, I got an agent, uh, Ken Staninger from out of Montana. And I kind of got hooked up with him through our head coach. Um, John Bullock was our head coach and his son, Billy Bullock played in the NFL as a quarterback for a while. I think he was a backup in uh, at first with, with Tennessee. Um, and then I think he finished in San Diego maybe. Uh, but he got in and played and played well when he got his opportunities. And so I got hooked up with his agent, Ken Sandinger. And uh, so we were just hoping that maybe a team would would pick me up after the draft as a free agent and nothing happened with that. So, um, you know, I did like every other college grad and I started applying for, for real jobs. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of my process going through workouts and, and, and the draft. You say that you you went out and started looking for real jobs, but really pretty much soon thereafter, you got into the real league, right? Well, yeah, even before that. So, um, so the draft came, I didn't get picked up as a free agent. So I got a job um, out of college. So I was working there for, let's see, June, July, and then some, I think it was maybe the end of July, um, I actually got off work and I was out golfing and I checked my phone after I got off the, the course and I had like 10 messages, a bunch of missed calls from um, my girlfriend, who's my wife now and my, and my agent, Ken. And uh, so I checked the voicemail and um, they're saying, hey, you know, Ricky, you got to call me. The 49ers are calling. And so I get a hold of my agent and he says, the 49ers uh, need a quarterback to come into camp, a fourth quarterback, because um, they had uh, Jeff Garcia, Rick Meyer, Tim Rattay, and Gio Carmazzi. Well, Gio Carmazzi had played in NFL Europe that spring and he hurt his shoulder. So he had to get shoulder surgery and wasn't going to be able to, to be in camp. And so they needed a fourth guy to come in and just be another camp arm. And so uh, they called me because... Um, the offensive coordinator there was Greg Knapp, who, who played at Sacramento State. And, you know, I was a local guy from, from Sacramento, and their training camp was in uh, University of Pacific in Stockton, just about an hour away. So, yeah, I mean, that was a dream come true for me. You know, that was my, my childhood team, the team that I, you know, watched growing up. And um, so I said, yeah, man, I'm, I told my, my uh, employer at the time that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this, you know, training camp with the 49ers and of course they were pretty excited for me I mean to, to see that I had a chance to go to a 49er training camp so I went down there for camp um man I that day I hadn't been working out or, or throwing so I went out and threw as much as I could and I had to be there like in a, in a few days so didn't really have great preparation for it but uh, it was I knew it was a good opportunity for me to maybe have a second chance of football and to see see what could happen so then, so I went, went to training camp with the 49ers. I spent um, just about three weeks there. Um, it was a good experience. I mean, I was so far behind. I, you know, I didn't have any of the springtime, the OTAs to, to learn any of the offense. And West Coast offense is pretty wordy and uh, hard. You know, the verbiage is, it, it takes some time to, you know, get that memorized and down. And, you know, I just felt like I was behind all the time, but they didn't. They didn't really expect a lot out of me. They just wanted me to, to come in there and, and throw and, and be there as an extra arm. And so that, I didn't have a lot of pressure on me going into that camp. So it was just a good time for me to, you know, just get a lot of experience being around a professional team and, um, you know, some other professional quarterbacks like Jeff Garcia, and Rick Meyer. And I just learned as much as I could. And um, I ended up getting released there um, at the end of training camp. And uh, so the first week of the season came and um, they actually ended up signing after camp and ended up signing another quarterback, uh, veteran quarterback to come in and be their number three quarterback because Tim Rattay actually beat out Rick Meyer. So they released Rick Meyer and kept Garcia Rattay and then they signed another veteran guy. Um, but what happened after the first week, they had some injuries. So they had to get rid of the veteran 
third string quarterback because of salary, you know, salary was a veteran salary. And so they re-signed me after the first week. And so I actually went back to the 49ers and got to be on their roster for three weeks, the next three weeks. And then uh, they had some more injuries and um, they released me to make some, some room. And um, I never got re-signed after that, but uh, just being there for those three weeks was a great experience for me as well. And uh, so I kind of went through the rest of the season. Um, I did some workouts with uh, Carolina. Um, I'm trying to think if I had any other workouts. I know I went to Carolina for a workout. Nothing came from that. I was hoping to maybe get into NFL Europe that next spring. Um, didn't have any opportunities with that. And so then uh, that's when I went and started playing Arena 2 that next spring uh, just to kind of keep keep football going for me. And yeah, that's yeah, because yeah. at that point you had already kind of you were working on moving on, had then had a chance to get back into it. So you want to see how far this is going to take you at this point. Yeah. So um, when the 49ers called and gave me a chance to go to, to training camp, I, I thought to myself, this is my second chance. Like, I'm going to give it a full year and see what I can do to exhaust every opportunity that I have. Um, after I went through the draft, um, uh, my senior year that spring, I was like, man, I kind of gave up a little quick on it. Like I, you know, should have pursued it a little bit more. Uh, so the 49ers opportunity gave me kind of that second chance of, of saying, Hey, let's, let's give it some time. Um, so then that next spring, um, you know, I was just looking to try and be somewhere, try and, you know, get some playing time. And um, an arena two league was starting um, in Fresno that year. Fresno, Bakersfield, Hawaii, and San Diego, I think, um, were starting all new teams that year. And so I went down and tried out for the team, made the team, played there for eight games. And uh, our head coach, Rick Warman, he coached and played in the CFL. And so when, uh, when I went down there to, to play, he's like, if you, if you come down and you end up getting a starting job and you do well, I'll try and see if I can get you into Canada or the NFL or whatever connections that I have. And uh, so after eight games, um, he came to me before, before a game. He's like, uh, play this game like it's your last game. And I thought he was just trying to pump me up for the game. And we go out uh, and play. And then after the game, he's like, hey, um, I got an opportunity for you. If you want to go to, to Edmonton's training camp, um, I got you invited to it. But that was, this was a Saturday night. We played Saturday night. And he's like, but you got to be there on Monday. And so I was like, man, yeah, I'll take it. Like, you know, this is a, a great opportunity. So I, I drove home from Fresno to Sacramento, packed all my stuff up Sunday. And then I was on a plane Monday morning to go to a country I'd, I'd only been to one time before and um, found myself in Edmonton a couple of days later and trying to get ready for, for their training camp. So it was a pretty quick turnaround for me. But uh, looking back, I mean, I'm glad I I said yes to it and, uh, and took up the opportunity. So at this point, you're going straight, pretty much straight from, straight from an arena team to right into Edmonton's training camp. At that point, what, what, what was your perception of the CFL? Did you know much about it at all or anything, anything about it? Not really. I mean, I, I knew about it. You know, Sacramento had a team for a while there. Um, I knew Jeff Garcia from 49er camp and I knew he played in Calgary. Um, so I knew a little bit about it, but I'd never, never really watched a game. Um, I didn't really know a whole lot about all their rules and history and all that stuff. So it was, um, he didn't there. even remember the gold miners, the Sacramento gold miners. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remembered them. Um, but I, ne I never watched watched the game. I don't, I don't remember watching any of their games. And uh, so I didn't know a whole lot about the league. So I got up there and um, it was about a week before the actual training camp started. And we were kind of going through quarterback school and rookie camp. And um, Jason Moss, who was the starter there at the time, really, you know, took me under his wing. And, and you know, he picked me up from the hotel and brought me over to lift weights with him and go out and throw to some of the veteran guys take me to meetings and um, you know, we all, all the quarterbacks kind of go through rookie camp and um, get ready. And then, you know, training camp kicked off and uh, it was an adjustment. I mean, I had to get used to the, the size of the field, um, 
having 12 guys instead of 11, I mean, it, it seemed like there was five extra guys out there on the field. Right. Had more guy on each side. Well, especially since you're coming right from arena and like right. 10 days later, you're in a, you're in a practice with 12 guys running around. Exactly. So that was probably made it even, even more difficult to <laughs> adjustment, but um, you know, then it was just learning, um, you know, what throws I, you know, what throws you can make and what you don't want to make. I mean, you're, you know, you're not going to throw to the wide side of the field if it's tight coverage, because it takes forever to get out there and, uh, you know, just trying to get adjusted. And the thing that worked out well for me, my first training camp in Edmonton was uh, there was only three of us in camp. There was Jason Moss. Um, I think the other guy was Leon Murray, myself. And we had another quarterback, Keith Smith from the University of Arizona. He was hurt, so he wasn't participating in camp. So I was getting a bunch of reps, you know, splitting it up between the three of us. Um, so I got a lot of reps in training camp. Um, I got to play in the first uh, preseason game in Saskatchewan. Did okay. Um, but then they ended up releasing Leon right after that first preseason game. So going into this last preseason game, it was just me and Jason. So that whole week I was getting even more reps um, just because there's the two of us. And so I went into the last preseason game against Calgary and, and played pretty well and gave me a lot of confidence um, kind of going into the season uh, as the backup. And, um, you know, we uh, I think the first three weeks we got off to a great start. Jason was playing really well. And then we go to Saskatchewan. And uh, Jason separates his shoulder in the fourth quarter, I think, third or fourth quarter. And so I kind of get thrown in there. We're getting blown out. Um, our running back, John Avery's, we have to put him out at receiver. We have to bring another get rookie in to play running back because we're down on numbers. I mean, it was just a mess out there. And uh, so we just kind of got through that last fourth quarter. And here I am getting ready to start my first game, like week four or five of the season. And um, I mean, just what a, what a great opportunity for me. I mean, going into that training camp, I was just thinking to myself, Hey, you know, if I, if I just make the team, you know, get to be on the team for a year, kind of get some experience, see if I'm good enough to play up here, you know, I'd take that any day of the week and um, you know, to get an, get an opportunity to play like the fourth or fifth game was just quite a surprise to me. I'm sure we'd like to get into some specifics of your career momentarily, but I did want to ask you this first. Looking over your bio, much of your career, much of your life, really, to this point, is in Northern California. I mean, even you even got to get with the 49ers, for example. You played uh, arena ball in Northern California. And now you're going to, no offense, Joe, the real frozen tundra up there in Edmonton, in, as you said, another country. What were your impressions of Canada, of Edmonton, of, you know, just for the first time in your life, really being in another culture? Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't that much different. Um, you know, I mean, it's the same language. Um, I, a lot of the same restaurants, you know, McDonald's and Wendy's, <laughs> all the same same restaurants. Um, the money was different. So getting used to carrying to loonies and toonies around in your pocket. Um, and then, uh, other than that, uh, I mean, the people are great, nice people, um, great fans. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of history and tradition with that league. It's been around a long time. Uh, the fans in Edmonton are really passionate, really into the team. Um, so that was a great experience to be around. I mean, I, I'm, I feel really lucky that I, my first team that I played for was, was in Edmonton. I mean, they're, they're one of the um, top franchises in the league. Um, at the time, I think they had made the playoffs like 30 straight years in a row. Um, they had won the second most great cups, I think behind Toronto a lot of great players, quarterbacks had, had come through that, that team. So just being there, being around that and, and the community, I mean, it's the only thing they really had going up there for sports teams was, was the Oilers, the hockey team, and, and then us, the, the, um, the football team. So um, the community was really behind the sports and, you know, just being around town. I mean, you could, you know, you see the, the veteran guys, you know, people are recognizing them. Uh, you know, when you're out at a restaurant or whatever, was was pretty cool. So, and they had a great um, 
a great role in the community. You know, they, they did a bunch of things, um, getting out in the community and, you know, signing autographs, going to events. Um, you just really felt um, like everybody was, was all in on, on, the, on the football team there. Okay. Yeah. So you get your first start, uh, what well, week four, week five, uh, was there, was there, was there any extra nerves going into that first start knowing that it was your ball this time around? Yeah. I mean, um, I've always, I've always gotten nervous before games, whether it was high school or, or junior college or college, whatever, whatever level I'd been at, I, I'd always felt nerves before a game. And so um, I was definitely nervous, um, maybe for some different reasons, you know, maybe it was, you know, being my first start and I wanted to, to play well and, you know, um, not really knowing what to expect, you know, can I play in this league? Am I good enough? Um, am I going to mess up? You know, all those things kind of go through your head um, or went through my head um, leading into that game. And, um, but I did have, um, a decent amount of, of confidence one, because I got a lot of reps in training camp. What I didn't tell you was, um, the two weeks before Jason got hurt, I had gotten a lot of, a lot of reps in, in practice because after week one, Jason missed, um, I think maybe a practice or two because he had, uh, he gotten an infection in his arm from a turf burn that he got in Calgary. So I got like two days of, of first team reps. And then another week he had his first, child was born. So he missed another day of practice and I got a whole nother day of, of reps with the first team guys. So I think going in to my first start, I felt as prepared as I could be as a backup. Um, you know, I got a lot of reps with those guys. I felt comfortable with uh, the receivers. And so I just kind of leaned on, on that going into that game was, you know, I just have to go out there and, and just do my job and get it to those guys. We had a really good team too. That was another big part of getting some success early in my career was going to a good football team. You know, they had been to the, um, the West final the year before, um, you know, they'd been in the playoffs, like I said, 30 straight years. Um, there were some great players on that team. So I knew I didn't have to go out there and do anything special. I just had to go out there and complete some passes and, and just kind of do my job. And, uh, that's what I tried to do going into that, that first start of mine. And I think it's safe to say that worked out well for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a good formula for me. Uh, you know, I just got went out, completed a lot of lot of passes, um, got off to a good start. Uh, I think we scored uh, maybe that first drive um, that we went out on the field, and it just really calms you down. Like I said, I mean, I I get nervous before um, for games, but once you get out there and you get on the field, that all goes away. Once you kind of get into your rhythm and you get into the flow of the game, um, those butterflies go away and then you're just kind of immersed in, in what you need to do play by play. Yeah, that's how I do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so you soon won the great cup with that. And then as often happens with great cup winning quarterbacks, the NFL gets interested again. <laughs> suddenly you end up spending a year on the jets and not really doing a heck of a lot on the field. Come back to Edmonton, win another great cup. So I guess my question here is, yeah, I know you wanted to get to the NFL, but do you kind of feel like that season was a wasted opportunity in some respect? I don't. Um, mm. You know, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, we, we lost the Grey Cup my rookie year, and then the next year we went, we go and we win the Grey Cup. And my contract is going into my – I signed a two and an option – and uh, I don't know if it's the same now, but back then in your option year, if you got signed by an NFL team, that got you out of your contract. And so um, after that season, we won the Grey Cup. Um, I had that option year. And so I was able to try out with some NFL teams and just, I mean, being a kid from, from the States, I mean, that's the league you watch, you know, growing up. And, um, you know, I needed to kind of answer that question or take advantage of an opportunity that I had um, to see if I could make it. And so, um, I, I did a workout in Denver. Um, there was probably, I don't know, a, a dozen scouts there. Um, that was my, I think my one real on-field workout was in Denver where they all came and, and got it all done in one place. I took a couple of trips to a few, I went, think I went to Miami, um, just met with their 
personnel, went to the Jets, actually did a little workout with the Jets. I went to Green Bay, uh, had, a, had just a sit down with some of the coaches there and ended up signing with the Jets. And yeah, I mean, um, that was a great experience. I mean, looking back, it was a great experience. You know, I got to be around, um, you know, another NFL team, you know, around Chad Pennington, who was a starter there. Um, got a little bit of playing time in the preseason. I didn't do well enough in the preseason to really impress anybody. I mean, I did okay, but uh, nothing to kind of show them that, you know, maybe I, you know, could be a, a number two that year. Um, so I went into that season really being the, the fourth guy. Um, I did suit up um, for the second half of the season um, as the number three, because we had some injuries and stuff. Um, we were a playoff team. We went to, uh, to San Diego, the first round of the playoffs, one in San Diego. I got to suit up for that game, be the number three. Um, the next game we went, um, played in Pittsburgh for a playoff game. I mean, if you have ever been to Pittsburgh during a playoff game, I mean, the terrible towels. And I mean, what a, an exciting atmosphere. Um, we ended up losing that game. We had two field goals, I think, in the last two minutes where we missed them. And it could have took us to the, to the AFC championship. We missed those field goals and ended up losing to Pittsburgh that year. And, um, but just a great experience for me, but I knew, um, going into that next off season, we, they fired the offensive coordinator and we got a new offensive coordinator. And I remember going in, um, that off season and, um, they ended up signing. So they had Pennington and they signed AJ. What was his name? The guy Fiedler, no Jay Fiedler the Miami quarterback for a long time. I think that's his name, Fiedler. They ended up signing him to come in and be a backup. And um, they still had Brooks Bollinger from Wisconsin, who was uh, the backup that year. And uh, they had drafted him. So I knew, man, my chances of making the team the next year weren't very high, you know, having those three guys ahead of me. So I went in and I talked to the, to the coordinator. I said, hey, man, I, I, um, I can stay here. I mean, what are my chances of making the team? Am I going to get any reps or, you know, I can go back to Canada and get some more experience and, and play. And he was like, if I were your, your son, like, or I mean, if I was your father and you're my son, I would, I would say at your age, I would try and get some playing experience. And uh, so that was kind of like, you know, Hey, go back and play in Canada. So I went, went to them and they, uh, they said, yeah, we'll release you and, and let you out of your contract. And, um, I'm thankful that they did that for me. Um, so I got my chance to go back to, to Canada that, that next year and, um, and be back with Edmonton. So you come back and, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Jason was the starter in 04 then, correct? Yeah. So Jason, um, uh, played in 04 and, and had a great season. He threw for over 5,000 yards. Um, they made it to the to the West Final again. Uh, I think they lost that year in the West. Yeah, they lost that year in the West Final. I think it was maybe the semifinal. I forget. Um, but they were a playoff team. But he he got hurt that year, and so that off season he had to get. I think it was. I forget what surgery. If it was on his back or his arm, it might have been his back. So going, he was going to miss the first part of training camp, and so. Uh, I resigned back. And so I'm going into training camp as a starter because Jason's, you know, still recovering from offseason surgery. And um, so we went into the season as, as I went into the season as being the starter. And we kind of, uh, it was funny. We, because the year be, the two years before when I was there, especially my rookie year, it was like once Jason got hurt and I came in and played, I played three games. And then when Jason got healthy my rookie year, he came back as a starter. But if he didn't, if we weren't playing well, they would pull him out and put me in. And then I would finish the game. And then the next week I would get the start. And if I wasn't playing well, they'd pull me out and put Jason in. So we kept doing this flip-flop thing my rookie year. And even uh, my second year there, they, um, Coach Tom Higgins kind of did the two-quarterback deal. If, if I wasn't playing well or the team wasn't playing well, he would pull me and put another guy in. So going into 05, um, we kind of made a, a decision. Me, myself, Jason, and Danny Machocha, the new head coach, who had been our offensive coordinator my first two years, were like, hey, we're not going to do the whole flip-flop thing, you know, that 
Jason and I were like, man, that, that sucks. I mean, you know, you don't want to be looking over your shoulder every game. Like if we understand, like if we're not playing well, you know, for a couple games or three games. Yeah. We understand making a decision to switch us, but just throughout the course of the game, let us kind of go through the ebbs and flow of a game and, and, you know, not be looking over our shoulder. So I ended up playing every, every snap that whole year in, in 2005 until the last maybe five minutes of our last game, week 18, we're in Calgary, we're losing. Um, I'm, I've been struggling probably the last month of the season. Um, offensively, we've been uh, not doing great. I hadn't thrown a touchdown pass in like seven games or something, struggling. And Calgary was a team I just was having a hard time against those guys. So Jason comes in, they pull me out. It's the last game, we're losing. Our spot in the playoffs is already determined at that point. And Jason comes in and he leads the team right down the field. Boom, 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 touchdown. Throws a touchdown pass, which I hadn't done in seven games. So I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> there goes you know, my job. Yeah, there goes my job. And um, we're going back to Calgary for week one of the playoffs. So we got to come back to Calgary, play a team that I am not playing well against. Jason just came in and took the team down the field like, man, this isn't looking good. Anyways, they give me the start. We go down to Calgary. Um, we're battling in the first or the first half. It's a close game. Nobody's really doing anything. We come in at halftime and, and Coach Machocha says, hey, we're going to let Jason start the second half. So I get pulled at halftime. Jason comes in and plays really well. Like he just picked up right where he left off. You know, he hadn't played the whole year until that last drive in, in week 18. And he comes in and plays great in the first playoff game. We, he ends up uh, winning that game for us. So we go into the West final um, against BC the next week. And so Danny's kind of think, Coach Machocha's is thinking, you know, who am I going to start? Am I going to stick with Ricky or am I going to let Jason start? And so he pulls us in um, and says, I don't know what to do. And Jason basically said, said, hey, let Ricky start and I'll just be ready to play. Like, you know, I thought that was pretty unselfish of him to, uh, to kind of make that suggestion. And um, so we go on to, to BC and uh, we get into the second half. It's a close game again. Um, we're down, I think, uh, maybe a score or something. And uh, Dan, Coach Machocha comes up to me and says, hey, I'm going to let Jason take this next series. So Jason goes in and plays well again, like uh, plays well, and we end up winning that game and going to the Grey Cup. So now it's like, man, what, what's going to happen? Who's playing? Now what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Jason, you know, he says the same thing, like, you know, basically, why, why mess with things? Let Ricky start, and, you know, I'll be ready to play. And so we go into the Grey Cup that year um, against Montreal in Vancouver, and um, I ended up getting the start and I played well the whole game and stayed in the whole game. I don't, it was a close game. I'm, I don't know why um, Coach Machocha didn't pull me again. I'll never know the reason why that. I've never really asked him. <laughs> I guess I could. Um, but it was, I think we were, we were actually down at one point in the third quarter and he stuck with me and um, we came back and won and, and um, I think double overtime ended up winning that great cup. And uh, I ended up getting great cup MVP and um, kind of not saving my career, but really giving me a good confidence boost um, knowing that I kind of overcame, you know, some, some struggles late in that season, got benched uh, in two playoff games and was able to kind of come out the other side um, and finish the season pretty well in the biggest game. And so going into that next off season, um, it just gave me a lot of confidence at that point in my career. Okay, so after a few more years with Edmonton, you moved to the Toronto Argonauts. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, after 2011, we actually had a really good season that year. We um, I think we finished second that year. We won our first, the semi West semifinal against Calgary, and then we went to, uh, to Vancouver again to play BC. Um, and in the West final, and they were, I mean, they were on a roll. 
Um, they were playing the best um, in the league at that time. And uh, we played them tough there for a little bit. And then the game kind of got away with the, got away from us there in the fourth quarter. Um, but I was thinking, man, you know, that was, uh, you know, a good season. You know, we made it to the West final. We have a new head coach, um, a new GM and Eric Tillman who came over midway through 2010. Um, things are starting to look good for us. You know, I'm excited about, um, you know, what we have going into the next season. And so I went home, um, back here to, to Reading in, in California for the off season. And, um, in December, mid-December, I got a call from, uh, Cavis Reed, our head coach. And he says, Hey, we're trading you to Toronto. Hmm. So in that instance, what goes through your head? What are your first priorities as a person? Yeah. So, I mean, I was definitely caught off guard. I was surprised by it. Um, you know, just because we had, we did have a good season and, you know, we're one game away from going to the great cup. Uh, so at first I was just like, man, okay. Like, <laughs> you know what, there's nothing I can do about this. Like, um, I, I think I got the call like on a Sunday, I was on a flight maybe on Tuesday doing a press conference in, in Toronto, like two days later. So it all happened really fast. I really didn't even have much time to kind of digest it before I had already flown out to Toronto and, and been announced there. So um, the more that time went by, I kind of looked at it as kind of a fresh start for myself. You know, I'd been in, in Edmonton for nine years. Um, my first three years, we went to the Grey Cup every year. We won two of them. And then the next six years was like a roller coaster. We'd missed the playoffs. Um, I think th three out of those six seasons, um, it was just really up and down. So I was kind of thinking, man, this is, this might be a, just a good, good opportunity for me to, to get to a new team, a good opportunity for Edmonton to kind of move on from me. Um, I was excited about uh, Toronto because um, Scott Milanovic was, was the new head coach there and he, was coming over from Montreal, who, you know, was the most, one of the most successful teams there, um, basically all through 2000, up into 2013, you know, they were basically the powerhouse of the league. Uh, I think they went to like six Grey Cups in that time span. Um, so I knew I, we were getting a good coach and he was an offensive coach. He was offensive coordinator and he, um, he coached under Mark Tressman there in Montreal. And uh, just, I just remember watching a lot of film on them um you know as I was getting ready in, in in Edmonton for some of the opponents we were playing just watching them on film and the stuff that they were doing offensively was really new to the league people had never done some of the stuff that they had done before and so I was excited just to kind of get kind of a new offense some new ideas um seeing their success um I was really excited going into that season and uh having the opportunity to to work with with coach Milanovic yeah, and, it, and, uh, and then your old teammate, Jason Moss, was also there as the quarterback's coach. Uh, what kind of, uh, I guess, when you played with a guy and then all of a sudden he's, he's your position coach, uh, is, that, is that a difficult dynamic to deal with or does that make things a whole lot easier because you know each other rather yeah. well already? Yeah, that made it really easy. Jason and I have a great relationship. I mean, we, like I said, from the moment I got there in Edmonton, my rookie year, he took me under his wing, like was just super helpful to me. And um, we were roommates um, all the years that we played together. And we spent a lot of time, we golfed in the off season or not in the off season, but when we had downtime during the season, we worked, lifted weights together. Um, they had like racquetball courts too. in, in our facility, we played, I mean, we were always doing stuff, always competing against each other. And you would think, I mean, you don't really hear that too much. Most of the time when you hear guys are competing against each other, they don't really like each other. Well, it was opposite for Jay and I. And um, we just had a lot of respect for each other. I mean, we both kind of approached the game the same way. We, we both worked really hard. And um, I think we both realized that, um, you know, we, were, we weren't really competing against each other in a sense. We were just trying to, to do our best um, as individuals. And if one of us was out there playing. We, we tried to help that person out as much as we could and, and not take anything, anything personal. 
So um, just having that great relationship with him when he, uh, when I got traded to Toronto and then they announced that Jason was going to come on as a quarterback coach, I was really excited for that. Just going to a new team, being around a whole new coaching staff, new players, um, just having a, a guy I was familiar with and Jason being there with me just made it more, uh, more comfortable for me. And I knew um, he was going to, I was going to enjoy working with him and, um, I knew he'd be honest with me. I think that's one of the biggest strengths Jason has, um, not only as a person or a player, but as, as a coach is just, he's, he's honest. Um, players, um, can really respect that when, when people, you know, tell you what's up and, uh, and what you need to hear and they're not going to be us. You get there in 2012 and it works out pretty well. End up going and winning a great cup. Let us know how that do you get into a brand new situation? Yeah. Is there a lot? Was there a lot of changes that you had to deal with as far as, you know, much you said Montreal had been doing different things that you had, yeah. had seen before. Was there trouble adjusting or did it kind of just feel like it was the right fit at that point for you? There was definitely some adjustment. Um, like we, the, the offense we were running that came from coach Tressman that he brought up was basically a West coast style offense. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of verbiage in it. Um, so getting used to that and learning all the new terminology and, and the West coast offense, you basically tell everybody what to do. It's not just like one word tells the whole, you know, tells the whole route you're calling out. So there's some of those, uh, plays can become sentences so that was uh, took some adjustment uh, just to get comfortable with memorizing that and getting the guys in the right spot. I really liked the offense because I think it fit my game uh, a lot more. It's it's about completions, getting completions. Uh, it gives you a lot of options. Um, it's a progression style reading where you here's your primary receiver, here's your secondary receiver, here's your third one, and here's your check down. So you're basically using the whole team um in a play where in some of the um, offenses before that it was kind of like here's this side of the field where here's kind of like a zone concept and maybe here to the other side it's kind of like a man concept if you drop back and you can read you know you're kind of reading half the field so if you pick wrong or they cover it good you don't really have anything to come back to where in the West Coast system, it's all about how you finish your progression. So basically, we're going to read this side, but everybody from the opposite side is going to come into your vision, and you're going to have guys to get rid of the ball with, or two. So I thought that fit my game really well. You know, I'm not a scramble guy or a guy that buys time and makes a lot of plays with my feet or anything like that. So just having more guys coming into the play, I thought um, really excited excited me. So. Um, Going to training camp that first year, I had one of probably one of my better camps just throughout practice. Um, it was a different story when we got to the preseason games. When I got out and played uh, in the first preseason game, um, I didn't I didn't really play that well. I kind of uh, fell back into some of my old habits and uh, just got a little bit didn't trust all the work that I'd kind of been doing with. Um, kind of the West Coast style system. The other thing with the West Coast style system is we time, it's all based on timing. So um, our footwork is all timed up to the receiver's routes. So we had all sorts of different footwork, whether it was a rock and throw, which you're basically taking a one-step drop to throw your quick game. You have a, a quick three-step drop with no hitch. You have a quick three-step drop with the hitch. You have a big three, no hitch. You have a big three with the hitch you have a quick five or you have a big five with the hitch. So all these different drops that you have to time up with the depth of, of the different routes we're running, where before my whole career, it was basically just take a three-step drop and hitch as many times as you want and just wait for the receiver to get open. So that was a big adjustment for me was, was getting all the right footwork and having it time up and doing the right ones on, on the plays and um, being patient with that. And I think that once I kind of got more comfortable with that um, throughout the season, um, I think I really kind of started playing really well in the offense, kind of the second half of that season. And we, um, I mean, I was, I was nervous going to a new team. You know, I wanted to, kind of earn the trust of my new teammates and, and coaches and, and 
you know, have them believe in me and, you know, coming to a whole new organization and, and kind of proving yourself all over again. Uh, so I kind of had that um, in my mind. And, and the other thing too was, um, you know, I wanted to prove that Edmonton made a bad choice by trading me. You know, I wanted to, to play well and, and um, show them that I could, I could still play. Yeah. And there's no doubt about that one. <laughs> that one, yeah, that one I, was made pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. But uh, our first game of the year was against Edmonton. So we, I go back to Edmonton first game of the year uh, to a team that I've been with for nine years. And um, we play a really tough, close game and they, I, we ended up losing. So I, I'm thinking, man, you know, I just played my old team. They traded me and they just, you know, they won. And then they come to Edmonton later in the season and we lose that game too. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, man, I can't, I can't beat these guys. And um, so then we're kind of getting down towards playoff time. And in the CFL, it's the top six teams, top six teams make it, but you can cross over divisions. And so now it's looking like Edmonton might cross over. So I'm like thinking, man, like, what would that be? You know, I got traded from Edmonton. I've lost to him twice already this season. If they cross over and we play them in the first round of the playoffs and, and, um, and I don't beat them in the playoffs, then it's really going to look bad. And that's what ended up happening. They, they ended up crossing over. So we're facing them in the first round of the playoffs. And so I, I was a little extra, you know, little extra on my mind that week of like, you know, I really, really need to get kind of this monkey off my back of uh, not being able to beat those guys in the regular season and kind of, um, kind of proving myself that, you know, they made the wrong decision and, you know, I'm still a good player and to be able to beat them in the playoffs um, was really on my mind going into that game. And, and fortunately for us, we played really well um, in that game and ended up beating them in the first round of the playoffs. So that that's really the, the game that kind of got me over the Edmonton trade. Um, it really was able to kind of put that behind me um, was being able to beat them in the playoffs, uh, you know, that first year in 2012. Ricky, for me personally, I don't know if it was the best Grey Cup I ever saw, but probably the weirdest, wildest Grey Cup I ever saw was the 2017 uh, Argos uh, Stamps game. And um, I don't know how much you personally listened to the media beforehand, but none of us gave you guys a shot man. <laughs> and I just wanted to ask you, uh, how does that game rank among your personal highlights? Where, where, where is that in your personal uh, scrapbook? Yeah, I mean, it's um, probably the one I'm most thankful for. Um, mm -hmm. So my time in Toronto really wasn't, didn't pan out, obviously, the way I wanted it to go. 2012, um, I, I got hurt that season and missed some games. 2013, I missed some games. 14, I missed one game. 15, I basically missed the whole season coming off shoulder surgery. Um, 16, I missed half the year. So going in 2017, um, I basically played in maybe half the games that I, you know, been eligible for in my time in Toronto. And, uh, just couldn't stay healthy. So going into 2017, so the 2016 year, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but um, I missed the last half of the season basically. And so going into that next season, I didn't know, man, am I going to be back? Um, am I going to be, have a chance to compete for a starting job? I really didn't know what my situation was. And um, they ended up making a, a change at general manager and then coach Milanovic left um, because they, he was unsure what his situation was going to be. And uh, they ended up hiring Mark Tressman. And uh, I remember him calling me that off season before he took the job and said, you know, Hey, how are you feeling? Um, I said, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I want, I want an opportunity to compete in training camp. My arm's not, what it used to be, um, you know, I, I'm fine with all the intermediate throws, some of my longer downfield throws, I just can't make them consistently anymore, just coming off my shoulder injury. And uh, he basically said, well, you know what? I want you, you're gonna be my starter. 
he's like going into training camp. You're the guy I want starting. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then we'll make a decision down the road. But right now you're the starter. And so that just gave me a lot of confidence going into 2017 that, um, you know, I had a coach that believed in me and uh, was going to give me the opportunity. And uh, we ended up playing really well towards the end of the year and uh, making it to the Grey Cup. And yeah, I mean, Calgary was, I mean, they, the last probably three years, three or four years, they've been going to the Grey Cup basically every year almost. And um, we lost to them twice during the regular season. Um, we played them tough, but um, they, they were just a good team. And then the weird thing about that season was uh, Coach Trustman, um, he does such a great job where I think he separates himself from, from a coach is he, he really makes it more about just the X's and O's of football. He really brings you together as a team and gets everybody feeling like they have a part in what we're doing. And um, so towards the end of the year, when we started playing well, I think just the belief in, in our locker room was at such a high level that when we got to that game, um, his pregame speech was basically, you know, we've, uh, we've done this together. We've been on this journey for, you know, the last six months. Um, let's just get these guys into the fourth quarter and see what happens. And to look back on that pregame speech and seeing how the game played out and how he kind of already had put that in our mind um, was, was pretty cool to see how that all worked out. And as you know, um, we got into that game and, um, you know, they're, they're driving with about four minutes to go to really put the game away. And we get that fumble and take it back and score. And we're able to, to tie the game up and really um, change the outcome of that game was uh, just pretty unbelievable to see how it all panned out throughout the whole year. So basically for me, when I say that it was probably one of the most um, ones that I'm thankful for was because just 2016, I didn't know if I was going to be <laughs> playing quarterback again and then get an opportunity to, to be the guy in 2017 and making it back to the great cup and then uh, winning the way we did basically pulling a miracle out um, there in the last four minutes uh, was just, was just so rewarding. I'm so thankful I had that opportunity just late in my career to, to be able to, to win another great cup. Speaking of late in your career, another thing that always seems to come up at this time of year uh, for football fans is, is retirements. A lot of players, uh, of course, choose to retire, some shockingly, some never choose to retire, like Tom Brady. But I've been told, even by some players, that the majority of guys at least consider retiring after almost every season. And for you, again, I don't know how much you pay attention to the media, but again, for you, after that great cup, a lot of folks were saying, you know, really, he's really going to try and come back again? What was your process for that final year, uh, deciding to play again for that next year? And then, like, what can you say about that injury that happened so soon into that season? Yeah, so um, after the 2017 season, I was just thinking, like, man, am I going to come back and play, or do I want to retire? And uh, maybe the first month or so, I kind of kept asking myself that question. And um, I just kept thinking, yeah, I, I think I still want to play. I think I still want to do this. Um, you know, especially when you had a, you know, a pretty good year, I was healthy for, I think I missed one game that year. So I was finally healthy, played basically the whole year. And um, I loved playing for coach Trustman. Um, you know, we just won the great cup and, um, so I wanted to come back and, and keep playing. And as you brought up, you know, some guys said they want, I mean, I went through that too. I mean, as an athlete, like we may look, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but you know, I may look confident out there and you think, man, this guy, you know, it's so easy for him. I mean, you're always going through the mental game of, of performing and competing. I mean, there's times where I felt like, man, do I suck? Like, can I do this? Um, wow. Really? No. Yeah. I mean, you're always, you're always, I was always trying to prove that I could do it. And, um, 
you know, every year, I mean, if, uh, if you didn't have a good year, you're like, man, like, you know, <laughs> am I still going to be the starter, you know, all that stuff. So I was always trying to have that mental battle with myself and, uh, trying to, you know, do things to keep me confident and, uh, proven to myself that I could keep doing it. So 2017 was a big step in that direction, just because of my time in Toronto had been so up and down with injuries and, uh, you know, missing time and missing the playoffs and, uh, you know, finally getting an opportunity again to come back in seven, 2017 and then having a good year. I, I just wanted to come back and play again. And so going into 2018, um, you know, went through training camp, uh, training camp went fine. Uh, first game of the season, we go to Saskatchewan, um, lose a tough game there. And then we're coming back home against Calgary um so we start off the season with two pretty tough opponents and uh we get into to that game and you know we're not playing well and just the dumbest play I mean it was the dumbest play that happened and we were running kind of like a uh, run pass option RPO and um I'm reading the will linebacker so if the will linebacker steps up to defend the run I'm supposed to pull the ball and throw a route behind him if he drops back or doesn't react to the run um, I'm supposed to give the ball and we've got numbers in the run game so that's kind of like how you read it um, in a run pass option and I wasn't very good at that um, sometimes I was about 50 50 in that like uh, sometimes I read it good and and was able to to make the right read but the other 50 percent you know I would kind of uh, want to pull it a little bit more often than you know, give it. And, uh, in that case, the wool linebacker really didn't react that hard. And I ended up pulling it anyways. And, um, he was right in the passing lane. So I kind of, you know, there's no real other option to, to throw the ball. And so I was kind of stuck with the ball in my hand and I kind of, uh, moved up in the pocket. And I think what happened was a guy hit me from behind as I was falling down. I kind of had my head turned and I hit into the, I think the hip area of the guy in front of me and my neck just kind of was in a weird position. It wasn't even that brutal of a, of a collision, but I think it was just kind of the way my neck was turned and kind of got bent. I fell to the ground and I, I think I tried to get up and my, just kind of like my head felt heavy. Like I couldn't really like lift my head up. And so I just kind of laid there and uh, to try and gather myself. And, um, you know, once the trainers came on and I told them, hey, you know, my neck feels a little achy, then that's when, you know, they got to do the whole protocol of, of don't move your neck, you know, bring, let's bring the stretcher on. So they bring the stretcher out, you know, they cut, cut my pads off. I get on the stretcher, um, you know, I, I'm coming off the field they take me into the tunnel and I've got to wait in the tunnel. So I'm waiting there because the ambulance, they got to wait for another ambulance to come because they can't play the game without an ambulance there. So I'm waiting in the tunnel for, seems like forever. I'm just stuck on a, like, I can't move. I'm stuck on a board. And, um, but I, I mean, everything's moving. Like my, I don't have any numbness or anything. So, um, you know, it's not like I was freaking out too bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I'm laying there. <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, for a while. And then we finally get, we get to the hospital and um, we get into the emergency room and they put me in the hallway. And like, then I got to wait for, you know, a doctor in a room to open. So I'm like sitting there. So it's been like two hours since wow. I've been put on the stretcher. And I'm just stuck there on this hard board. And I'm like, guys, I'm going to go crazy. Like, I got to move a little bit, but like, you know, they don't want you to move just to be, be safe. So I finally get into a room and they do um, all, the, all the tests. I finally get in for like an MRI and stuff. Um, they send me to my room, it's late at night. And uh, man, I obviously didn't sleep very well that night. So I have to wait till like the next afternoon for the doctors to get in and, and you know, read the MRI and all that stuff. and. Uh, so I'm basically just laying in a, in a hospital room, you know, I, at that point, I kind of knew that I was done. 
Um, I just too many injuries. I got hurt again. You know, this time it's not like it's my finger. I hurt my finger. I hurt my leg. I mean, this is my neck. Um, you know, what am I, what am I doing? You know, why am I still playing? Like, is it even worth it? Uh, those were all the kind of the thoughts that I was having. And, um, so once I, uh, once the doc came in, he said, I had a little, a little tear in one of my neck ligaments. Um, you know, it's going to, I'm going to have to wear a neck brace for six weeks, um, 24 seven. So the only time I actually, I didn't take it off at all. Um, the only thing I could do is I had to take out the pad. So every time I wanted to take a shower, I had to take out the padding inside of the neck brace, put the neck brace back on, shower with it on and do that. So I had to wear a neck brace for six weeks. And then, um, you know, he kind of told me that really to be really safe, like you need six months for the ligament to heal fully. Um, he wouldn't recommend playing contact you know, sports, um, you know, and at that point I had already kind of said to myself that, you know, I wasn't going to even try and come back and play. Um, so I knew the rest, rest of that season, um, that I, I wasn't, I was going to be done playing. I did go into that next off season still wanting to make sure, I mean, I, I didn't want, I wanted to use that off season to, to just make sure that that was the decision I wanted to, to make. I didn't want to say, Hey, I'm not playing. And then right before training camp, feel like I wanted to play again. And then right, you get the edge, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, right. I, wanted, I, I wanted to make a hundred percent sure because once I said I was done playing, I was done playing. So I went through that off season, still asking the same question I asked, you know, the year before, do I want to play? And, but the difference this time was every time I asked myself that question, there was nothing inside me that said I wanted to, wanted to keep playing and so um, kind of throughout the off I mean uh Jim Pop checked in with me a few times that off season um they ended up Trustman had gotten fired after that season and uh coach Chamberlain was the new coach he checked in with me a couple of times and every time I told him was you know I was like you know the chances are I'm I'm not coming back so I, I wasn't like trying to lead them on to anything I was pretty honest with them, but I just said, you know, I wanted to make sure. And so finally, um, in that spring, I, with training camp approaching, I, I knew it was time to, to make that decision. So I announced that I was done playing and it was, it was, like I said, I mean, it was, it wasn't a difficult one because every time I asked myself that question, do I want to keep playing? Um, it was always no. So I knew my time was, was up. Well, again, but just, on, on a human level, what's it like to be retired at age 39? Yeah. You know I mean, like, what are you doing nowadays? Are you interested in the game? Are you going to do some high school coaching? Or what are you doing these days? Yeah, so I knew, I knew um, when I was done, when I did decide to be done playing, I knew I wanted to take a couple years off. I knew in the back of my mind, really for the last half of my, of my playing career, I was – really paying attention to how coaches coached mm. so I was taking a lot of notes on things that I liked that mm. my coaches were doing um what I would do that I really liked about their style what I'd maybe do a little bit different um so coaching was always in my mind mm. and um so but I knew when I was done playing that I wanted to have a little bit of a break I mean I've been playing football since I was eight years old right I, I wanted to to just kind of have some time to do some things that I just want to do. You know, when you're playing football, you're always, ah, I probably shouldn't do that because if I get hurt, you know, it'll, you know, I won't be able to play football. You know, I'm talking about off season stuff. Right. And then during the summer, you're always playing and missing out on some of the summer things. So I knew I wanted to spend a couple of years just doing whatever I wanted. And um, so I did that. And then I just, haven't really wanted to get back into coaching. I think the, the thing that scares me the most is just the, the commitment. I have uh, yeah. two, two kids at home, um, 11 and, and seven, and I just don't want to spend the time away from them. I don't want to, you know, go and be in a room seven, seven days a week, yeah. you know, 14 hours a day. Um, 
just missing out on that time with them. And um, so I'm just enjoying my time off and uh, I've been trying to stay uh, in it a little bit. I mean, I, I went up and I spent some time with Jason a couple of years ago uh, for a week just to, you know, see how he coaches as a head coach in Edmonton and um, spend time with his offensive coaches. I've had um, lots of conversations with Jason about, football, um, why he's been coaching the last three or four years. Um, I've had some calls from people just checking in to see if I'd be interested in coaching. Um, I've had to tell them all, no, I'm just enjoying this phase of my life, which I hope that doesn't come back to bite me when I, if I do make the decision to coach, <laughs> using up all my opportunities, uh, you know, saying no, but, uh, yeah, just right now I'm enjoying just the retired life and spending time with my family. And um, I do miss it. I miss uh, the idea of being in a locker room and being around guys. And I think I would enjoy coaching. I mean, I don't know if I'd be any good at it, but that, that would be the point of doing it to see if you are. Um, but I definitely can envision myself um, enjoying it and, and trying to, to help guys play better. I mean, that's what I really enjoyed about sports was, you know, having a coach who believed in me and, and somebody who helped me get better and, um, you know, being successful. I mean, that's why I played football was just to be successful at something, to feel like you're good at something, um, brought a lot of enjoyment. And, um, you know, I feel like I could help, help out in that sense. So who knows, maybe, maybe as my kids get older, it might be something that, uh, you know, I get myself back into. Do they play anything? Do your kids play? No. Um, Kids, I've got them. Uh, the only sport I've I've convinced them to do is cross country. So that's oh wow, yeah, okay. that's one of my my hobbies now. Is I, I oh that's cool. I do stay in shape is just running. Um, so I get them to run and bike with me, and uh, got them doing cross country. It's in uh, just grade school here, so that's the one thing I've gotten mm -hmm. them involved in. Oh, that's great! No yeah. cross country, that's a quality sport yeah that's, that's great yeah, yeah love tracking the thing i like about that too is it's something they can do their whole lives i mean they can right they can run their whole lives and um if they enjoy it and, and keep it going right yeah yeah it doesn't take like real specific skills yeah. to do that yeah <laughs> as in something like say football yeah <laughs> you know? got a limited, so so yeah a limited career in that, so <laughs> ricky thanks a lot this is really extensive and we really appreciate your time. Wow, great discussion. And yeah, no problem. Gee, enjoy uh, your prolonged retirement. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I mean, when I when I was a player, I never really liked to look back and, and think about my career too much because I was always looking forward and trying to prove myself. And now that I'm retired, it kind of gives me a chance to to look back on my career and uh, kind of reminisce a little bit. And uh, so I enjoy, enjoy the opportunities to, to share some of my stories and, and remember some of those, some of those great memories I've had. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF pod network on Twitter. 